0: Coming up on the Pinstripe Pod, Luis Severino, James Paxton, Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge. The Yankees cannot avoid the injury bug. Do they have the depth to get through the storm? We will chat with New York Post baseball columnist Joel Sherman about everything going on right now with the Bronx Bombers. We are also joined by a legendary Yankee and Yes Network broadcaster, the great Paul O'Neill. All that and a whole lot more next on the debut of the Pinstripe Pod. Here's a Pinstripe Pod. Pinstripe Pod.
1: Pinstripe Pod. Pinstripe Pod.
0: Pinstripe Pod. Welcome to the Pinstripe Pod, a New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Chris Sheeran, alongside my co-host, former Yankees reliever and four-time World Series champion, Jeff Nelson. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are joined on the debut show today by New York Post baseball columnist and one of the best baseball writers in the business. Joel Sherman we also are joined on the first show by a teammate of Nelly's a five-time World Series champion the great Paul O'Neill we've got lots to do so let's get right to it everybody and let's bring in my co-host right now four-time World Series champion Jeff Nelson Nelly this is awesome
2: it is you know I thought in the beginning instead of the music that they had I thought they were going to have the the theme song from MASH You know, the the MASH unit. Why is that? Well, MASH unit, that's what the the whole injuries, the injury bug again Look at you for the Yankees. You might as well just put the theme song for MASH (laughs) up.
0: You are like the king of the segue, and we're going to get right into it with the injuries. I guess we have to start with, you know, Aaron Judge, because what what had transpired with him since last September 18th when he dove after that ball in, in right field going to get it? Uh, and he felt a crack and a pop. And he heard a crack and a right. pop. Um, the Yankees did do their due diligence. They sent him for an MRI. They didn't find anything. So what happens is, Nelly, if you're a player and you find out from a doctor that there's nothing wrong you want to hit the off season running because once again, you didn't get to your ultimate goal. And of course, judge being the gym rat he is and being the cage rat that he is gets right back into the gym, gets right back into the cage, starts swinging. He doesn't have time to rest because he doesn't know he has this injury and it's a stress fracture in his first right rib. So this isn't something to be taken lightly. Now he's, you know, close to six months, which takes three to six months to heal, but he hasn't been resting. That's the problem.
2: Yeah, you know, I guess you can go through all kinds of scenarios about, okay, after he had it, after he heard it, uh, you know, it's not the training staff's fault. I mean, it, it, is it right. the doctor? I mean, you look at this injury this, this time they, you know what Brian Cashman say the car wash of, uh, of, tests, of tests and they yeah. finally found it. So, you know, obviously if you go in for an MRI and that's what happened last year, that they didn't find anything. So this he is, keeps playing with, this it. is
0: not a small individual. No, either. it's, it's
2: not, but you know, so as a player, you, you comm- you commend him for going and playing through injury. And he actually was productive. He was still productive going through that. He was productive in the postseason, And you're thinking, okay, well, all this time in the winter, why didn't he heal? Uh, and you made a point we talked about yesterday before we started doing the show about, well, he didn't know what he had, and right. he started you know doing everything like he normally would do before spring training. You know, It's a little surprising that they didn't find this. Uh, it's a little surprising that, okay, if he still felt it, why didn't he go, and I'm not blaming Aaron Judge, why didn't he go to the training staff in the wintertime and say, listen, man, I am still feeling something in my rib. I know, hey, we didn't find anything, but something's going on. And he waited till spring training to start, hey, you know, still something is going on. I had a, a similar, not a similar injury, but I had an injury at the end of the year uh, in 96. And I was on a, a dose pack or something for the, the whole playoffs. And I pitched through. But I wound up having bone chips in my elbow. And I, I didn't know it. And I started throwing in January. And I was like, man, what the heck is going on? And I went on a fishing and a golfing trip. And I was like, man, something's going on in my elbow. So I went and they checked out. I said, oh, you have bone chips. And I, it only took a couple of weeks. And they got thrown You know, taken out, but I said something in the wintertime. I said, something's still not right. So why, you know, for me to ask the question, he still had to feel it, right? I mean, if all of a sudden he goes to spring training
0: and he says, hey, something's not right, didn't he not feel it in October or in in December? He still feels it, but to me, I'm just saying what I believe, And, and if a doctor looked at me and said, we can't find anything, you're good to go, I don't know if that's what was said to Aaron Judge, but if I hear a doctor tell me I'm good to go and I could resume baseball activities, I'm going to resume baseball activities activities we are but if something's not going away i get it but if i feel it and it's still there i go right back to the doctor and i say something i mean we don't know we don't know we don't know i mean
2: we waited till spring training to figure this out and and now their whole entire starting outfield is is on the shelf i mean you have stanton hicks and and now judge
0: hicks we knew about he had the tj he's not going to be back till somewhere around august stanton has a calf issue now if you go back to September, 2012. A grade one calf strain, Mark Teixeira. Right. Hello. Right. That, he came back after he was on the 15-day DL back then, not IL. Right. But after he came back from the DL, he was running out trying to beat out a double play. And he strained it again, and he was lost for the rest of September. And if you remember that, the Yankees were going back and forth with the Orioles that month for first place in the American League East. So it's a nagging injury with Stanton. We know what, what Hicks is going through. We know when he comes back, he'll probably be 100%. If everything goes to plan but with Stanton this is something that could be a nagging injury for the rest of the season and and he had a bicep last year he had so he had a quad he had a bicep he had a knee there was so much going on with him last season that you look at the Yankee outfield and, and you're saying to yourself with the guys on the 40-man roster you got Gardner Talkman, Frazier and Duhar who's gonna be third base outfield first base whatever I mean he's gonna have three different and it's gonna be
2: tough season. for him because he's going to a corner outfield spot which is very tough to learn. Very tough. Very tough and if you haven't you know I don't care what kind of athlete you are when you start talking about switching positions and going into center field is easy. He could go to center field and be a great center fielder because everything's right in front of you and all you have to really do is have some speed. You can make up for a lot of bad jumps. Corner outfield spots are very tough to start reading the ball. The line drive right at you you don't know if you want to bust in you want to go back. Uh, That's a very tough spot and always right field uh, it seems like that might be the little uh, a little bit better of a position, but left field seems to be one of those positions that is really tough to learn. It's going to be interesting to see if they actually put him in the outfield during the season.
0: Well, I, th- I don't think they're going to have a choice yeah. to begin the season because you're like I just mentioned, on a 40-man roster, Esteban Floreal, is he ready yet? Is he ready to come to the Bronx? I don't know if they want to rush him and, and get him up there, but he is another left-handed bat that the Yankees so desperately need, and he is on the 40-man. And Duhar, Frazier, Talkman, Gardner. That's it yeah that's all that's you're on the time. Forty Gardner man basically roster. Basically, to play every day again. again thirty eight years old. And this is a guy that last year was supposed to be the fourth outfielder, right. and he was thrust into the lineup once again when Aaron Hicks got got injured multiple times. And now you're asking him again as a thirty eight year old to go out there and be your starting center fielder or left fielder, and you're putting a lot of pressure on him. Now, did he? Hit now, 28 He wants home to runs? be there. Uh, I you know, know he, does. he
2: doesn't want to be taken out. He doesn't want to be looked at as like, oh, I'm a part time guy because I'm thirty eight. I mean, age to players, so you, you know that that's that's a misnomer. I think that the guys hate that. When you say, oh, you're 38, you need to sit.
0: Every time, and this is going back to 2005. I, I sat in the dugout in Staten Island with Brett Gardner, his first year with this organization in 2005. And from the first time I sat down with him and I watched him play, the one thing that kept repeating in my head, ball player. Yeah. This guy oh, yeah. is a ball player, and I said all he has to do is hit at every level, every level, and he will be in the Bronx someday. And I went back to yes, and I said that to some of my uh, superiors, and they were like, "What are you, a scout?" Yeah. Well, it turns out he's <laughs> yeah he's a lifelong Yankee, right. and I, I had to know something uh, about what I was right. saying because the guy is still doing it. But again, in, in a perfect world, you would want your starting outfield obviously to be healthy on opening day with Judge and right Stanton and left. And Hicks in center. I I, I don't know.
2: You're asking a lot. You're asking a lot. I mean, you look at Talkman and what he did last year. You mentioned him now; he's going to be thrusted into the starting lineup. Yeah, Frazier, uh, always a good defense. I mean, offensive player defensively, he's always been shaky. Uh, you don't know if that has improved now. Is that bat apparently? You know, switching his stance. You know, altering his swing. He start. He's having a good spring uh, defensively. It was always been a knock. It was last year uh, with the, you know misjudging some baseballs. You're asking Talkman. Can you expect these guys that really stepped up last year? Can they do it again? I mean, you're asking a lot. You don't know because, you know, you always go say, hey, you know, when, when a veteran struggles, you say, hey, you look at the back of their baseball card. There's consistency there. Uh, you know, every year you pretty much know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get from Anduhar. I mean, he's had one year, one year. He missed last year. He had one year of success. You look at Urshela. Great third baseman, that'll never change. Absolutely. That'll never change. You don't know offensively what you're going to get. He's had one year offensively that he's had a great year, and that was last year. Talkman, same way. He came up. He's a decent outfielder. He's not a great outfielder. Offensively, he was he was really good. You don't know. There's no consist- consistency there. So it's it, it's a puzzle. It's a mystery of what these guys, you hope that they bring what they did last year, and then they're not going to miss a beat. Because then you can, okay, hey, we can withstand these injuries. We can withstand Judge being on the on the IL for a while. You don't know when he's going to come back. Surgery is still an option, which is a little scary. Uh, you have Stanton. Who knows when he's going to come back? And, and you, like you said, you pretty much know when Hicks, whether it's after the All-Star break because of Tommy John. But it's a mystery of what these guys are going to give Ian Talkman or Shella and Duhar because the consistency's not there.
0: All right, Nelly. a uh, couple of off-season headlines that we have to get through really quick before we welcome in our first guest. Oh, sliders coming, yeah. sliders coming. The Astros off speed. cheating. Yeah, off-speed. You know, the Yankees are literally hurting from injuries the Astros are going to be figuratively hurting from this cheating scandal all season long it's followed them all around spring training and ah, I gotta tell you it's gonna be all over Major League Baseball all season long it's not gonna go away and uh, Garrett Cole of course a huge signing the only signing by the New York Yankees that they really needed to do now let's dive into everything Yankees with one of the best baseball writers on the planet Joining us now, as he will throughout the season, is New York Post baseball columnist Joel Sherman. You could follow Joel on Twitter, at JoelSherman1. Joel, welcome. We appreciate it, pal. It's good being here, Chris. Jeff, thank you. Explain what happened, if we get back to the Yankees here, with this judge injury situation. When could he realistically return, Joel?
3: I've just learned to basically shut out teams when they tell me what injuries are and when guys are going to be back. I take everything with the largest grain of salt I could have. I remember them telling me Nick Johnson had a two-day injury, and two years later he played, right? And so, you know, remember a couple of years ago, Aaron Judge got a uh, fractured wrist, got hit against Kansas City, I think it was in August. That was supposed to be a three-week injury. He played seven weeks later. The body's going to heal like the body's going to heal as we've learned with the Yankees over the last few years, I'm sure they have protocols that are legitimate and terrific and all that, but they, this has not been a good look for them these last few years because guys have been on the injured list and have uh, been re-injured. They've suffered different injuries. They have come in at way different times than uh, the expected period. So when I see Aaron Judge or John Carlos Stanton on a baseball field, I'll believe, you know, with my eyes as opposed to what I'm hearing from a team.
2: With that being said, I mean this thing this injury, so called injury when he dove in September, middle of September. Uh, you know i guess he went for an mri they couldn't find anything i mean look at so called the car wash of tests that he went through this time and it, it took an extensive amount of tests before they even found this this time for as a player i mean you commend him a little bit for playing hurt because obviously he didn't know what he had but when you go into the off season and and this is you had to feel it right you had to say hey you know something's not right there is it on the yankees as far as hey the, you know that they Couldn't pick up anything. And I'm not saying it's on judge, but is it one of those things that maybe you might say something in the beginning, maybe December about, you know, I'm still feeling this nagging injury in my rib cage instead of waiting all the way till spring training and then them finally finding out. And and now you hear that surgery still could be an option.
3: Yeah. So, you know, injuries are tricky things. People feel better some days than others. I, I, I just think the gestation period, Jeff, with some of this stuff where, Caution is the is the buzzword initially, right? Because they don't want to inject dye into a person, they don't want to do the most extreme measures. So it's always begins with rest. Then it begins with some kind of anti-inflammatory shot. And then it's not until a period of time goes by that we're doing and seeing the most significant testing done or the the deepest kind of testing to uncover this stuff. But as you know, Baseball as a season and baseball as a career is time sensitive. You know, James Paxton and Luis Severino and Aaron Judge all incurred injuries towards the tail end of last season that they're dealing with now. And we're looking at completely different time periods for return if this is dealt with quicker. And again, I'm sure the protocols are being followed, which is less is more. Nobody wants surgery when they don't have to. Nobody wants invasive tests. Until they have to take them, but the reality is, just take someone like Luis Severino. Instead, you know, he's getting he got Tommy John surgery now. That begins to jeopardize a significant piece of the 2021 season, right? And if if that's uncovered in November, that means he's probably a full pitcher as soon as spring training begins. In 2021, James Paxton's going to miss a month or two of the season now uh, because an injury wasn't diagnosed early enough. And Judge is going to miss some period probably early in the season. Again, the protocols are probably right. The Yankees, there's no, when people scream about the Yankees in this situation, it's in the Yankees' best interest to have the best care possible. We know they are a team that will spend what they have to in any area to try to get it right. Optically, at minimum, this looks terrible.
0: How will the Yankees, since you brought up Luis Severino and James Paxton, um, Joel, with them out of the rotation, Jordan Montgomery seems to be sliding into the four slot. Who is Who has the inside track on the five hole in this Yankees rotation?
3: Yeah, let's not forget they also will not have Uh, Domingo Herman for the first 660-odd games of the season. I think it's 63 of the season. So, you know, three of the five guys who would probably start or three of the six guys who would probably start are not there. And I just think there's a macro issue here, Chris, that I would think about, which was last year, the Yankees incurred the most injured list stints in history. It was 30. I think it was 39 stints in total, 30 players, and the theme of their season was to overcome because players like Herman, players like Urshela, Mike Tauchman, Mike Ford, etc., came out of nowhere and performed at very high levels. Would you like to roll the dice that that will happen two years in a row, that you will either A, uncover another Urshela or two, or that, by the way, Urshela will turn out not to be a fluke, Toffman will turn out not to be a fluke, etc.? So I think that the injuries take on even more resonance when you begin to play the game of how much do you wanna take on and believe that you'll have the same kind of spirit and depth and fortitude as last year. They have some interesting arms that they can go with early in the season. We know that last year, because of the depth of their bullpen and the quality of their bullpen, they were willing to do bullpen games, use an opener like Chad Green, I can imagine the fifth spot, you can carry 13 pitches. That's the limit this year. I think everyone's going to do that. The Yankees are certainly going to do that early in the season. And I can see the first t- you know, couple of times around it being a kind of like Jonathan Lois Saiga, Luis Asesa, Chad Green kind of game. And then they'll be like, are we in it or not after six innings? And then try to go to the best of their bullpen.
2: So, so with that being said, with with you, Talkman, and you had a Ford. You had Herman step up. You had Urshela, who's always going to be a great defensive third baseman, but offensively had a great year. Does that worry you? And Duhar coming, not playing at all at all last year and having one good season. It isn't like these guys have had consistency throughout maybe four or five seasons. It's one year, and now you're asking these guys to do it again. Sometimes the sophomore year or that second year guys sometimes get comfortable, uh, say, hey, you know what? I had a great great season they kind of take a step back they always say oh the sophomore slump does that worry you any because this was a I want to I don't want to say a walkaway division for the Yankees but it was a division that they were going to win you know and maybe they still all are the favorite but the Tampa Rays have now taken a step forward with all these injuries does that worry you a little bit that you're asking a lot out of the guys that really had good years to do that again
3: I feel a lot better about a player with a track record knowing that they're going to do that the next year. I would ask the question, whose track record are you in, uh, very comfortable with in the everyday Yankee lineup? Even to some degree, DJ LeMayu had a MVP-like season. He had been a very good major league player. Last year, he was at the level of a top five, six American League MVP guy. Will he do that again? Brett Gardner's starting to move into his late 30s. At this point, I believe wholeheartedly, probably in one player completely, and that's Torres. And even that, I wonder what playing shortstop every day will do to him the Yankees are very deep and they're very talented and so they have ways to overcome and we've seen that they have really good fortitude and all that kind of stuff and Jeff as you know because it goes back to your days and even before the Yankees have had 27 straight winning seasons they know how to kind of get through the year and be a high caliber team but this Yankee team isn't going to be judged by just wins They need to win a division and win a World Series. That's what this group was put together for, especially once they signed Garrett Cole for $324 million. Every place you look that you say, hmm, I'm not that comfortable with that or I'm not that sure about this, it hits some... you know there's some denting in it and let's just deal with the reality stanton judge and aaron hicks is a starting outfield for what 27 out of 30 teams 25 out of 30 teams none of those guys will open the season on the team you won't see hicks for a couple of months we saw dd gregorius last year try to come back from tommy john surgery as a position player and he wasn't quite the overall player that he was before so I know what the odds are going to say on this team, but I'm going to need to see this team on the field and who they actually
0: are in 2020. Joel, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate the time. Remember, uh, he's one of the best uh, columnists in the country, New York Post baseball columnist Joel Sherman. You could follow Joel on Twitter at JoelSherman1 and read his stories in the post and at nypost.com. Thank you so much, Joel. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks. Let's welcome in uh, Yes Network's color commentator, five-time World Series champion, four titles with the Yankees, of course. He played nine seasons with the Bombers, retired after the 2001 season, five-time All-Star, and the 1994 AL batting champion Paul O'Neill. Paul, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. The entire Yankees outfield is out uh, potentially for opening day with Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, and uh, obviously Aaron Hicks. What do you do with all these injuries to the outfield?
1: Well, I think that, you know, you have to look at at what the injuries are going to be. I mean, Aaron Judge is pretty still kind of a question mark. Hicks you have an idea where you're going to get him back. And Stanton you hope to have back early. uh, You know, injuries are part of the game, but boy, I tell you what, they have beat up the Yankees the past couple of years, and we just hope that it doesn't become a something that, you know, you see with this team ongoing year after year.
2: Paul, you know, one thing, when we go back to our days when we played, and I want to get into the weight training because I think it's really gotten, I don't know, out of hand, but it's almost they're trying to reinvent the wheel. You are still a specimen nowadays, and here's a perfect question for a guy that loved the weight room. I loved the weight room as well, but it's basic training. I mean, you're benching, you're curling, you're doing squats, you're doing other stuff. You're not trying to reinvent different exercises. You look at some of the things that they do today, is that alarming? Is that, hey, you know what, they're doing way too much. Is that something that could contribute to these injuries that you're seeing? Not just the Yankees, but all around baseball, some of this stuff. Some of, I saw something on Twitter that Stanton, Giancarlo Stanton, was sitting in this chair that had wheels. He had dumbbells on both arms, and who knows how much it was. Was it 50, 100 pounds? He had two guys on the back <laughs> of this chair, have, that. That and was... then going up a hill. And I'm like, no wonder he strained a calf. I mean, what's going on with this?
1: I mean, it, to me, it, I would love to see uh, how people train in this day and age because I, I think it does uh, keep you from injuries, and and, and also now it it, it is getting guys injured so you know the science of sports continues to get better every year that's why people throw harder hit the ball farther you know you get to the point where you know how much can you expect from the human body <laughs> I really would love to see some of the training because I, I again you go back to when we played Nellie, and, and there were certain things that you would do and the offseason was just as important if not more as, as training uh, for the season but you know to come in and have guys dropping like flies in spring training you you almost have to question you know what's going on my
2: 15 years and I and it may it may be interesting to see what you would say we had one guy and it was norm Char- norm charlton you play with him in cincinnati that blew out his elbow one guy in my 15 years ever had an arm injury everybody else you didn't you didn't see it you, you know, the pitch count was never really a, a thing back then obviously the money's a little bit different but Uh, And also an oblique. I never even knew I had an oblique. And all of a sudden, until like the last five or six years, everybody's pulling an oblique. And I was like, where is that? Because I never knew I had one.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if you've got to the point where. Uh, you know pitchers are throwing harder guys are hitting the ball swinging harder uh, yeah again are you torquing the body to the point where it it, it can't take it um, you're right I mean obliques it's kind of the the injury of fashion these days but to me it, it might have something to do with the way the game is played now as far as the, you know the strength and everything that uh, you know it takes to play the game and where it's going as far as you know everything's home run or nothing and, and, and pitching is throwing the ball hard and you know it, it is a different game but uh, to me you know in And being a superstar, uh, a lot has to do with taking the field 162 days, too.
0: Without Luis Severino, James Paxton should be back by May if everything goes okay. Domingo Herman, you're talking about three-fifths of the Yankees opening day starting rotation if guys were healthy and guys weren't suspended. Do you think they have enough depth within the organization to keep this rotation afloat until those guys come back?
1: Well, I I think that if you look at a team with talent, sure, the Yankees are are, are, – as good as anybody in baseball, but you do understand that depth now wins. And I think they're, they're plenty good, uh, you know, with with what they have to get to the playoffs. Uh, now, when you get to the playoffs, you've got to have your number one, your number two, your number three, your bullpen, everything has to be in order really to beat the better teams in baseball. But no question in my mind right now that, uh, you know, they have enough to compete in the American league East and, and probably win the American league, East, even with the injuries.
2: I think the one thing that is, I guess, a positive is that the injuries are happening being now and like you mentioned earlier that they don't stay that way and carry into the season or deep into the season because you much rather have them in April than obviously in August and September they're definitely the favorites still in the east the Red Sox are not going to be there the Blue Jays and the Orioles but because of these injuries, do you see maybe the Rays taking a little step closer to the Yankees, and maybe the Yankees having a little bit of a harder time, uh, maybe being that favorite in the East?
1: Well, it's like the Rays show up every year, and they they know how to compete. Uh, you know, they they do a great job down there, at uh, you know, staying close in a tough division. Uh, obviously, Boston's going to be a different kind of team. Uh, you know, you've got some young superstars in, in Toronto, and who knows where they're going to go this year? So um, I don't think the the East itself is as strong as was in you know, the past couple of years, but uh, still, some of the better players in baseball uh, playing in the American League East.
0: Hey, Paul, what about Clint Frazier? Uh, this could be, you know, with, with great opportunity uh, comes the, the potential to have a great season, and he has an opportunity here with some injuries in the outfield. We've seen some maturity out of him uh, this spring training as well. How do you see Clint Frazier's season starting out here with the Yankees? Having a tremendous spring training, by the way.
1: Well, again, uh, you know, you, you'd like to see that as a manager with uh, a guy going to get some time. Uh, you know, you'd love to see him have a great spring training. But until the season starts and then that opportunity really comes to the point at the big league level, you know, you've seen glimpses of what he can do at the plate. Um, you know, defensively, there were some question marks that I, I'm sure he's worked on that. But, you know, a, a lot of people questioned Ursella last year. Is he going to be able to play third base? And, you know, look what he did. So, you know, Clint Fraser is going to get an opportunity and, uh, uh, if he runs with it, uh, it's going to get a lot of playing time.
2: I think going with that, you know, you look at they're putting so much in Andujar and, and Urshela and, and Talkman and now Frazier, putting a lot of eggs in their basket. And I, I guess the question is, can they repeat what they did last year? It's always, hey, look on. The, you know, when a veteran struggles, you look on the back of their baseball card and say, hey, you know what? Now we we know what we're going to get out of this guy. He might go, be going through a little bit of slump, but the consistency will always be there. With these guys, they've had one year of success offensively. What can we expect? going forward can we expect that same thing now they're going to be uh, or maybe the pressure's a little bit greater on them now
1: well, I think Rochelle. if you if you want to talk to him, I mean, the, the main point he was put in was because defense and that's not going to go away. I mean, it's a tremendous defensive third baseman. And I think confidence is a lot about offense and uh, you know, he can't help but be confident of what he did offensively. And uh, as far as Andrew I mean, uh, the position is going to be the question with him and not whether he can swing the bat and, and perform offensively. So you know brett boone is going to have a lot or aaron boone is going to have a lot of uh you know decisions to make and and opportunities to score runs offensively and again uh, i think day in and day out throughout the season uh you know you're going to have enough pitching Garrett cole i'm anxious to see you know if there is kind of a transition of him being in new york that's always a question so uh, a lot of opportunities a lot of good things happening but uh also, you got to get past the injuries.
2: Well, let's go back to memory lane, Paul, and, and you know, back to our years in 96. And the three-peat that we had, which might never happen in baseball. What were some of your favorite memories back then when, when we had those great teams?
1: Uh, you know, you kind of took it for granted. I think you realize the same thing, Nelly, that uh, when you're going through those times, you almost expected it. And now you look back and, and you realize how hard it is to continually win. Uh, you know, I, I'll i never forget the first World Series in '96, and uh, um, you know, every World Series had its own story. But uh, you know, the Mets in, in 2000, playing in New York, you know, the, the World Series, getting on a bus and driving across town, uh, to me was probably as much fun as I ever had in baseball.
0: Hey, Paul. Uh... Do you have any good stories about Nelly? He liked to mess with the younger guys. So.
2: I remember facing Paul. I remember facing Paul a bunch in '95, and, and the little backdoor slider, and probably was never a strike, but I got it all the time. It, I don't ever. I don't remember it ever crossing the plate, and I remember a bunch of times facing you back there in '95. It was fun. Hey, yeah, it was fun
1: for you. <laughs> it's a fun when the pitch never touches the plate and you're walking back to the dugout. When Nelly started chainsawing you out on the mound, you know, you had a bad, a bad.
0: Hey, hey, Paul, I got one more for you, and I, I watched this on repeat last night. And this isn't this isn't a good memory for the Yankees, but it's a great memory for the competitor you were. I I, I remembered this, and this is why I watched it so much. The W hit down four three in Game Five in Cleveland. When you slid into second, all of New York slid into second with you. I want you to know that because you hung on to that bag for dear life. How close did you get to separating your shoulder? I mean, you did everything you need to do to get into scoring position, and you had an entire city behind you.
1: Uh, That was, I mean, again, great memories being in the playoffs again. And and I, I don't think that 97, 98, I mean, after you lose, you win 96 and you lose at 97, the disappointment, uh, I, I think, was a a, a big factor in, in for, you know, 99, 2000, 98. I, I think that you don't want to get back to that point of losing. But, uh, again, I remember hooking my thumb around that bag. You're right. But I also remember rounding first thinking, oh, no, (laughs) this may (laughs) not end up good. But, uh, you know, we ended up losing. And at the time, you know, we had a little rivalry there with the Indians. Uh, We ended up getting the next year. But, uh, again, the disappointment of 97, I think, had a lot to do with uh, the next three years.
0: All right, Paul, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Five-time World Series champion Paul O'Neill with us here on the Pinstripe Pop.
1: Yeah, you guys do well. See
0: you soon. That's a wrap for the debut of the Pinstripe Pod, our New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to our producer, Jake Brown, for making the magic happen. Make sure to subscribe to the Pinstripe Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars and write a nice review if you will. We'll be back next Monday with another spring training episode before our big season preview show on March 23rd. For Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris Shearn. See you all next week.